Hi, this is Ariana Chevalier. Um, this podcast is for adults only. You must be 21 and over. 18. You must be 21 and over. And that's it. If you're younger, get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right. So there we go. Okay. Hi. Hey. So based on... Hi. Let's the- pretend we haven't been talking for the last half an hour. I, I, How are you? I was just gonna. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that uh, if the podcast is to believe to be believed, you and I have not spoken for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Have you grown? <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's new? Um, a lot not of much. stuff. A lot of Nothing stuff. Nothing new. Nothing. Well, how how have you been during COVID? I've been, you know. Good and bad. I think everybody could probably say that. Mostly good recently. Um, when when someone says I'm doing good during COVID, I always think I to myself, know. "Oh, you're, you're it's mean, relative, right? You're 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 doing good relatively because you know how bad other people have it, right? So like if you have, yes. if you're lucky enough to still have a job, you're already doing better than most people, right? Or better than a lot of people, yes, I should say. Absolutely. Or, or if you have a job where you're, you don't have to go outside or, you know, whatever, you're not, you know, if you're not an essential worker, you're, and you still have a job, you're doing pretty good relatively to most people, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was walking down second Avenue today in like the East village and all of the places that were shuttered. And cl- I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I, and all of the workers who worked there and, oh my God, it's just, it's insanity. It's insanity what's going on. I mean, we don't have to go too deeply into it. Everybody's living it. We don't have to right. like, you know, rehash it. But Jesus. It, weirdly, as you get further east, businesses are doing a lot better. Like if you stay in the village, like near NYU and like um Cooper, um, it's kind of worse over there for some reason. But as you go east between 14th street and I'd say maybe like third uh, street, it's things seem like kind of normal. And it seems European. Well, it seems uh, sort of European because a lot of places have uh, built out places on the street for you to sit and eat and stuff like that. So there's sort of like a, a celebratory vibe um, there are a lot of pla- There are so many stores on all of those avenues too, and all of those streets that if there are maybe like four or five places that are still open, but all the tiny places in between, you can't. It's harder to notice, I guess. Um, but let's talk about kink. Let's talk about kink and like what's your kinky life been like. I know you went back to school. We don't have to say what you went back to school for. No, I mean, um, I, yeah, I, and most people I think know I got a medical degree, so. Yeah, um, we'll just leave it at that, yeah, though, I, right? Yes, yes, yes. Right. I mean, we, um, I mean, I'm not going to go into specifically what it is, but yeah, it's a medical degree. Yeah, I think a medical degree is fine enough. So you went, well, you, you just. Like, yeah. What? I, I, I know, I know a lot of, of, of people, people who. really want to know. Like, what exactly is it? Are you a blah, blah doctor or a blah, blah doctor? And I'm like, why would I tell you that? Right. Like, why would I tell some dude on Max Fish or like who's come to one of my parties exact like what my actual career is? Like, I think I I know. I think it's because they they want to know what type of outfit you're wearing. 
in your job? <laughs> is oh, it I didn't a think about that? It is a is it it is a nurse's outfit. Are you wearing scrubs? Are you wearing nope. um are you walking around with the with the uh do you have just like kind of kind of normal clothes on but you're walking around with one of those uh uh, lead vests that the x-ray technicians walk around with that is you know that they want such a great they, insight yeah they, yeah now I, I'm I think that's what say. it is now i'm right. really not gonna say they want to know what you're wearing when you're when you're working yeah that's, um, oh god um jesus which how to have people what, should... what don't men sexualize i'm just i'm very curious about you know is there anything that you people do not sexualize First of all, I resent the term "you people." <laughs> you people, yeah. Um, and the answer is no. I, there is nothing. I reserve the right to say "you people" because you people are pretty horny all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> you people are horny all the time, <laughs> right? Um, but but yeah, no. Look, Wait. I have a feeling, and I could be wrong about this, but you know how. Um, historical historical uh, scenarios can create kink that comes from them, right? Yeah. Like you will, like f- whatever you like after after World War II, you did have in the fifties and sixties or whatever. You had the you know whatever Helga from the SS movies that were fetishized, right? Yep. Um, and 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 I have a feeling you're going to have a lot of medical <laughs> fetishists. Did you hear that? Okay. No, no, what? Oh, you didn't hear? Okay, wait, let me play it again. (laughs) There you go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't do that. (laughs) Did you hear it? uh, I did hear it. I did hear it. Okay, okay. But you're going to, I think you're going to have a lot of COVID kinks that come from this, right? You're going to have people who want to have a swab jabbed up their nose. Yeah. You're going to have people who. You know what I mean? I think that's going to be a thing now, and it's because just just as yeah, you know there there was uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was um, Sarah Palin porn, right? There was you know mm-hmm. knockoff oh, yeah. porn. People told right? me I looked like uh, Tina Fey, like when I first started because I had these cat glasses, and I was like, it's the glasses, and like that's as far as it goes. I'm way prettier than Tina Fey, but. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I always thought I of you as sort of more of a Lisa Loeb. Yes, I got that too. Oh God, what was that? And that's, that's a compliment, Lisa Loeb, a very attractive, attractive young woman, eh, right? Lisa, Lo- yeah. Don't you think you remember the song "Stay"? Of course. No, sing it. Sing a few bars of it. You say, <laughs> "I only hear what I want to." <laughs> I think Natalie and Brulia. I don't know why I get them mixed up. She did. Natalie tour. Brulia is is like Spanish. She is. I think she's. No, she's, she had that song torn. She was like, nah, I am. Wait, are you saying a Spanish person couldn't sing the song torn? Natalie and Brulia is. She was a one hit wonder, and the song was torn. I'm 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 I'm, I'm very well aware of this of of the song. Oh, oh okay. Good Lord. Oh, sorry. She's Australian. Australian, Spanish, whatever. Yeah. Same um, difference. But no, no glasses. I don't remember. I don't see any like popular photos of Natalie and Brulia. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like the cadence of the song or something like that. I don't know. Uh, people always oh, uh, con- 
90s consumption. Go ahead. What? We're, we're talking about celebrities that people always confuse you to. People always confuse me with uh, John Hurt. Um, as uh, Quentin Crisp in The Naked Civil Servants. I was going to say in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, but, oh, okay. But, okay, yeah, that's fine too. That, but no. Um, it'd be cooler so, if it but, was Quentin Crisp. But we were talking about um, people fetishizing your clothing where you work, and and yeah. and also, you know, you know. So you you did, and I I know a lot of people who, um, how do I phrase this? I know a lot of people who worked used to work as a pro professional dominatrix. Yep. And and went into the healing arts of one way, shape, or form. Yes, which um, they're not so different from each other, actually. No, but you know, we know a lot of people in our circle who who did that, and not just not even just professionally, people who were just kinky in general, who went to into the healing arts. And yes. uh, why do you think that is? You think it's just a some, there's an empathy that has to come when you're kinky, or what is that? I don't think it's uh, specific to BDSM. I think it's specific to sex work as a whole. Most people I know who are sex workers went into psychology or uh, acupuncture or, um, you know, some other modality. Where a lot you, of social workers? A lot of social workers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I, I think I think uh, I, 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 I think the, uh, one of the reasons for that is if you're a sex worker in the United States, you are 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 teetering on a um, not only just a legal line, right? Of which uh, just doing that sort of work you're, it puts you in a sort of precarity that um, allows you to empathize with others who are also for whatever reason, because of the structure of the society also puts them in precarity, whether that's um, medically, whether that's, uh, you know, due to mental illness or whatever, that, that, that I think there's a, some sort of realization that people make when they're in that position that they understand that, oh, everyone turns out as precarious in one way, shape or form. And it doesn't have to be this way. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I, I would more liken it to, um, you know, sex work being therapy, you by default become, by being a sex worker, you sort of become someone's therapist. And I think maybe a lot of us who have that nurturing sense inside of ourselves are naturally drawn to it. But um, yeah, there um, is a fringe element. I mean, especially with BDSM, the clients are going to relate to us because it's something they can't tell anyone but us. So that's right. that secret sort of like you know, dirty secret that you know about somebody, but I'm sure you've explored this ad nauseum with other people, right? I mean, no, I mean, well, first of all, even if I had not exploring it with you would mean there'd be an an interesting, important insight. Oh, right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that we all share that. You share a secret. So you go to your therapist, you tell them everything about yourself or, or you're supposed to, if you know, you want to get your money's worth. And you go to your dominatrix and you tell them everything about your fantasies and, you know, you negotiate in that way. Right. It's very similar. Nothing to do with what I'm currently doing, but I can understand well, what people go into. Like, well, no, but still, you know, you. Uh, arts in this. 
Right. But, you know, still, I, I think there's a certain level of empathy and that, that kind of compels someone to go into, I'm going to keep saying it, the healing arts. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 I was fascinated uh, because um, uh, I, I don't go on social media very often at all. Right. Um, I just I just don't do it anymore. And um, most of the t- mostly because when I log into social media, there will be something from a family member that uh, makes me regret having logging in on social media. However, what, what you did say, you did say that um, you were talking about, you said you all can make anything horny. And uh, I was reminded of during the first push of the Black Lives Matter uh, protests that came out after the murder of George Floyd. Um, I was like, oh, you know, this is a this is a big deal. Um, I know what's happening here, but also, and I was mostly following, you know, I have a social media account on Twitter that's that's just basically for following news. I don't interact with it at all. And then mm-hmm. I have, I'm like, oh, my, I have my kinky, I have my kinky um, social media account that also has a bunch of followers that I, that, I, that I follow a lot of people. And I, again, don't usually interact that much. And I noticed uh, there was a, a photo of a pro-dom. She was, she took a, a selfie at a BLM event, and um, I can't remember what the uh, the context was. She was she was clearly not doing it for. She was doing it to try to get people to get out there, right? Yeah. And and one of her followers said something like, uh, "You look really hot." Oh God! And I was and I remember I thinking can, like, I can expect. Oh God! I remember thinking. Um, Boy, you know what? I it's there. There, I wonder if, like, during the French Revolution, there was some guy. <laughs> Robespierre had like a dude who really thought. Yeah, had some dude who like begged to draw his bath for him every day. <laughs> he and Marat and David had a threesome with each other. Right. While David painted the whatever death of Marat or whatever. There's, I, I just imagine like there's always like, like, you know, Alexander, Alexander Kolontai, middle of the Russian revolution. This is it. The people are doing it. The people are doing it. And there's some guy along the side of the street going like, Kolontai, nice ankles. You know? <laughs> I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> right. I just imagine that's, that's that's throughout history, throughout history, there are always these the creepers, the creepers would come out. Uh, yeah, I mean, as a woman, as a sex worker, you can't really get away from it, right? And, you know, I call myself a sex worker because I don't really think that there's, I mean, there's a, yeah, I don't want to get into that whole debate, but I, I feel a commonality with a lot of sex workers. And if you're constantly being, there's like a fatigue that comes from being sexualized on a constant basis like that. I know that from my own experience and I think some other people experience it as well like sort of that just as you were saying you know you could be doing the most benign like you know eating a cheeseburger in like you know a onesie with the Winnie the Pooh all over it and somebody would be like ho ho ho, ho. <laughs> can yes, I be your Eeyore yes exactly and it's just like Oh my god. 
Uh, I also notice, I also notice, um, uh, if I, well, first of all, well, let, let, I'll, I'll get to my question, but first I, I noticed that if you are emailing someone or texting someone who either is currently or was a sex worker, mm-hmm. um, uh, you, you better get to the point in your email because even if they're no longer a sex worker, they're used to assholes just wasting their time right? For no reason whatsoever. So the the trigger, the delete button or the spam button on your email clients has a hair trigger. It's because you're just like, oh, time waster, time waster. Well, you know. it, no, the, the length of the email doesn't have a lot to do with being a time waster. It's if somebody's, the, uh, if somebody gives you uh, like, over a thousand, I would say over a thousand words. Maybe that's too, in itself too many. Over two hundred, over five hundred words, and it's sort of like I want this, 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 and this. That's you throw that in the garbage because they're not, they're never going to come see you, or they're not going to pay the deposit in order to, you know, get their spot to come see you. Yeah, it, but I'm just saying in general, if someone just says, "Hey, how's it going?" Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. If somebody's like, "Hey, how's it going?" and they text you, no. Immediately, no. Right. It, it has to um, be a succinct, polite. I, I tried to emphasize that I needed a succinct email, which I don't think people really know the meaning of that word. Right. Um, they think it means overly detailed. But, you know, if you can't intelligently sum up your interest in your experience in two paragraphs, and it's sort of like I, it's a window into your own intelligence, I guess. And I do mean that in a rude way. Right. Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> I do mean that to be rude. You yeah. have to be able to be succinct. And it, uh, it tells me a lot about you if you can't. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, you, you said that you don't, you don't know if you consider yourself a sex worker or, or have been no, a sex No, I worker. do. I do consider myself a sex worker. I but do. Is there, but, is, but in a broad sense, it's not representative of every dom as a whole. And that conversation, I mean, has been... I'm sure I'm sure you've talked to people ad nauseum about that too. No, it, not at all. A lot of people uh, make, make a very strong delineation between domination and sex work. And I do not. And people will think it's because I, you know, have some sort of physical sexual interaction with my clients. And that's not what it means. I think that if you are selling um, a fantasy, an erotic fantasy. If you're a stripper, say you're a stripper, they're selling an erotic fantasy. I would classify a lot of strippers as sex workers, but it's up to the individual to decide for themselves whether they identify as that or not. Sure, right. But uh, I mean, I think it's sort of like, because uh, I've seen some of the discourse over this and I've seen some people get really upset I- with people who like have an OnlyFans uh you know account or something who call themselves sex worker and i i don't um i think um, that anybody who tries to control what other people are defining themselves or what they're doing it should really consider shutting up or you know really consider you know their own self worth or their own like what they're doing with themselves because it's not my concern somebody can call themselves a dominatrix if they're you know 
having sex with their clients, but they're doing it in, you know, spiked, you know, a, a spiked lingerie. Like, I don't give a shit. It's not, I'm not trying to protect any lineage of anything. Right. And I don't put down anybody who does that. Like, I don't think anybody who has, uh, who, who provides full service is beneath me somehow. And I think that's, you know, where that, you know, where people who don't, who are doms who don't identify as sex workers, there is, there's a secret. I'm better than you. Cause you sell your, your right. pussy. And I just, I think that that's so boring. I think that that's so tired. That's, you know, we're, you know, in the fourth wave, fifth wave of feminism, Ugh, let's just get over those. Like, well, also one would up. think, one would think if you are in a marginalized group, uh, any marginalized group, you want to try to expand the number yeah. of people that can be considered in that group to have to encourage more solidarity. Yeah, because I'll tell you, honey, somebody who's like a Christian person who's never met a sex worker or knows anything about that world is going to put us all in the same box. So we might as well like band together because we're stronger that way anyway. So did I just say I'll what, tell you, honey? Oh my God. You did. In fact, <laughs> in fact when you said that, I'm getting when you old. said that, I, I immediately <laughs> thought of, I immediately thought of Flo from Alice. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, sweetheart. Say, kiss my grits. <laughs> I, no. <laughs> That's a southern lady thing to say. I love to call younger men sweetie and honey, though. Like, um, you know, if if there's one serving me food, I'll be, I'll make a point of calling him like sweetie or honey or sugar or something. <laughs> Once you start calling, well, is it because you you like you you feel like it puts them in their place, or it's just, uh, uh, or you think it because because they never they don't get called that, right? And it, like, it it put some of them like they get taken off guard. You could see, and but a lot of them like it. They're like, yeah, thank you. It call them sugar tits. Have reaction, yes, yeah, sugar tits. No, that's a little too. I don't know. That would that would get me in a little bit of trouble. I think, but. Okay, so just say sugar or honey, honey or sweetie, sweetie pie. Sugar, sweetie pie. I like using sweetie pie. Um, yeah. Here's if you want to do that. Sweet, here's sweetheart. The, I like things sweetheart. I'm, I'm stealing this. I'm stealing this catchphrase from someone else. But I, I want you to just just to consider this. Consider this as as a new phrase to include in your uh, what do you what do you call it? Your uh, putting you know. Uh, uh, subtly putting men in their place category. Are you, are you ready for the, <laughs> yeah. are you ready for the phrase? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, here it is. Nicely packed bag boy. <laughs> that's specifically, oh no, it doesn't have to be specifically for, but that's kind of a come on. It's got to be like neutral, like sweetheart, I'm just an old lady, an older lady, like calling a younger guy a sweetheart. It doesn't right, have like I, any I think, connotation. It doesn't have like a sexual connotation to it necessarily. Having been around guys who call waitresses sweetie, sweetheart, and honey, it is a come on to them. I think they think that they. I think it is a come on. The men, it's either a, the women are grossed out by it a lot of the time. Yes, I agree. But what I'm saying is you're flipping things around. You're, you're, you know, if you want to really claim this, I think that, I think that phrase, again, for those of you following at home, the phrase is nicely packed bag boy. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I disagree. I don't because that's too much of a sexualization. It has to be diminutive without eroticizing the situation. All right. I well, for my own purposes. For I mean, anybody can do whatever they want. Obviously. Can you can you try saying it just for the sake of argument? No, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not saying that. For uh, just to, for a little something for the listeners, uh, she's going to say this all the time now, and it's going to be so hilarious. But she's not going to say it whenever there's a recording device. But she will be saying this and including this in things because it is genuinely funny. But she is smart enough not to say this on a recording where I would make it my uh, <laughs> ringtone. Oh man. Nicely packed, Sexualizing everything, which goes back to our original point. You people cannot um, get your minds out of the gutter. Uh, well, first of all, let's let's talk about minds in the gutter for a moment. Um, uh, we had a conversation. It was you, myself, and a few others. Um, I don't know if you're going to be comfortable talking about this. So if you're not, that's fine. No, just I probably will. I mean, I don't really care anymore. Okay. Like we were talking about, somehow we got on the subject of porn preferences. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and, and I think it was uh, a friend of ours started going, going off about how you have a very particular, you have very <laughs> particular tastes uh, when it comes to your Who porn. Who said that? In- Who do I tell about that? It, it was another person. It was another person who, who has been on this program many times, and who you and I have. Oh, okay. Right. Um, but I don't know yeah. if I should. I, I don't want to like say their dudes, name. I like dudes banging each other. <laughs> I like big burly like uh, bears, big hairy bear guys banging each other, like with tattoos and. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, that's because I. Why? What I did you hear? It well, changes, because I, also it evolves. It's not always the same thing. Because I've heard it. It was usually there was a there was a usually a distinct difference between the two partners. One person would be big and burly. The other one would be uh, not so much. Oh, sorry. Um, no, that's not. No, I don't like twinks. I like big burly bear guys getting it on. Like I like, you know, big muscly. There's there's one guy called Chirac. I like him. I'm on his just for fans and Oh my god. Who I like. Oh yeah, I I love gay men together. And so, but they have they it can't be like fake gay. I used to like gay for pay stuff. Even though it's super obvious that they're all like super gay and effeminate guys and they're just trying to play butch. Um that's like really on PC, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, you're owning but, it. You're owning is what you're doing. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I, I have owned it. I have liked male gay porn since I was like 19. This is, uh, that hasn't changed, but like the nuance of it changes. Right. Who's my other Change. guy that I really like? He has got a huge penis. <laughs> Who's this other guy? I forgot his name already. Like rock, we have another contender no. for the title of this episode. <laughs> I forgot. Um, I used to be on his just for fans, and I got bored because it was all from the same angle. 
because he had like a stationary camera and it was all like he had a huge dick and it but he just kept like you know it's the same thing over and over so right it's probably like CGI. 10 bucks a month no no rocco rocco steel that's the other one that i, I like Chirac. please 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 hold on you should please identify people by their porn name yeah rocco <laughs> you should not be doxing you should not be doxing these people. I know. His real name is Long Duck Dong. <laughs> um, Big baby so- cock man. <laughs> Boner uh, McGee. Boner McBeef Injection is his, is his, his porn name. <laughs> his real name, Rod Steele. Rocco, Rocco Steele. Rocco, Rocco Steele. He's got like it's like twelve inches. It's insane. Yeah, but that's metric. I mean, come on. No, it's not. Um, yes, I know it's not metric. Inches no. by definition isn't metric, but it's still a fun thing to say. Oh, ha ha ha! Um, I'm nicely packed bag boy. Nothing. You keep saying that. You should say that to Rocco Steele. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. He probably would. He's a so, friendly guy. Uh, so so have you uh what is it about what is it about gay male gay porn that really is you don't watch like kink porn normally you know like you don't watch you you you're like mostly dudes on dudes what is it about dudes on dudes is it the same i would i would wager it's the same reason why i like girl on girl porn it's yeah uh, there is right? no well, I mean, and I'm not a super straight person. Like I'm pretty much 50/50 down the middle bisexual person. Sure. Like I I like both equally. So it doesn't have anything to do with being like this hyper heterosexual person. I think it has to do with the transgression of it. It's male gay porn is extremely taboo still in our society. And I right. I think there that there is actually a kink element to it for that reason. So, um, I mean, but I, yeah, I mean, I can watch, I like male on male kink porn, but I don't like, I don't like to watch women being submissive. Like that really turns me off. Like I, I really don't like it. And I don't, even if it's to another woman, I, I really, I'm just like, eh. but I do like well, watching women together very much. This is why you and I uh, are still friends is because we can agree on that one thing. Yeah. Um, no, but 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 well, just we like a lot of things, actually, we do. Uh, the we have that on tape. I have her saying it on tape. <laughs> um, Damn it. Uh, well, no, but I, I think I know. I think the, the problem being is 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 you can tell when someone is not really into it. Right. And so I think there's, there's something that can really and that's the same thing goes with with uh, like you know, any kind of porn is it, if the person is, you can, you can kind of tell when the person's not really digging it. Right. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. And that's another thing that's sort of like, and drives my interest toward male on male because men want to fuck each other. I mean, like it's convincing to me every time and maybe it's not real, but it's, they just want to get laid. Like, and it's, it's like a light thing. It's not some, you know, someone's not going to have an orgasm. They're both obviously going to have an orgasm. It's, it's clear that everybody is going to have fun. Right. Or is working, but still kind of having fun. Right. That there is some sort of primal enjoyment somewhere in there. Yeah. 
for sure. And I think the same is true for, I mean, just about anything. If you can tell, you know, you can tell if it's the real deal or not type of thing. Um, uh, and I mean, for a lot of submissive women, I've known women who've done submissive porn, who've really been into it, but I just still can't watch it. Even though I know that they're into it, there's just something. I don't know. I mean, I have a, I have a, I have a friend who did female submissive porn and, um, you know, kink porn. And I remember watching her and she was like, she seemed like she was really digging it. Right. And I remember she telling me that she really enjoyed it. Right. That she really enjoyed this before I saw the scene. She was telling me she really enjoyed the scene. She had many orgasms. So she was like, Oh wow. I can't wait to see this. I remember seeing it, but the guy, it seemed like the guy was faking his dominance. Does that make sense? Or, or it felt like he had to, like, he was like, I don't know. He just, he acted, acted like most guys in porn. Um, like he was going through the motions. Yeah. Well, not even just going through the motions that he, I, and I think I know what it is, is that she's very, very experienced in kink in general. And, and so he had to up his game or whatever. And he, since he didn't have like skills to up his game, he had to put on a persona for it or whatever. And and it's just sort of like, meh, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of female, and this is why there's a lot of femdom porn, which is just doesn't go well, is because there are um, people aren't comfortable in the role, or or, and it could be just the mm-hmm. fact that the director, the director has been, you know, I think this is sort of like a chicken and egg situation. I think um, so much female domination kink porn is about women being sort of like Helga from the SS, right? Very strict and very, mm-hmm. you know. Um, whatever every every guy's a worm and stuff like that and the reason why they keep making that is because it sells but the only reason why it sells is that's the only thing out there type of thing right if that makes sense yes yes absolutely like yeah so i don't i don't know but that's that's really interesting so uh so i mean yeah oh, god ramrod steel uh and rocco rocco steel and but there these are and the rock and and you <laughs> Sure, I'm uh, more into Chirac right now. What is it about Chirac that does uh, the float your boat? Um, he um, has three more threesomes. There are more angles. He's super like he's this Middle Eastern guy, and he's like super hot. He's super into the guys that he has sex with, and like he'll grab them by the throat and just like bang them, and it just like. The people who are the bottoms and he's just seem really into it. Like we were saying before, it's like, he's just like, yeah, I can't wait to do it. And it's very convincing to me. I mean, I've done a lot of, well, I haven't done a lot of Dom like videos or whatever, but I always end up laughing in the middle of them and just because of the abject ridiculousness of all of it. Right. So I could never make convincing yeah, Dom porn, but apparently they, when whoever was selling them said they were very popular, I don't know why, because I was just, I just thought the entire thing was a joke. Well, because you would stop midway and go, of course I have money to pay the pizza. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I noticed, so our, here, here, this is an interesting, this, this might be very telling. We might be going into more into the, your, into the inner workings of uh, Veronica's brain here. Oh um, no. no! Are are all of the gay male porn stars that you follow? Are they all tops? 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Hi, Uh, <laughs> why is that? I mean, is that just the nature of gay know. porn? I is that the, the, that is that just the nature of gay porn? The tops are the stars, and the bottoms are just whatever are there. I don't or I think so. I think that there are plenty of twinks. I follow a few guys who are bottoms, who are really hot, and you know, I enjoy watching them get fucked too. Um, I don't. I don't think that the stars are the tops necessarily because a lot of people follow. I don't follow a lot of twink people. I don't. The twink thing seems like they're just too young. And that makes me that really grosses me out. Like if I even suspect that somebody is a teenager or in their early 20s, that makes that really turns me off. So I think it's an age thing for me. Um, And the older men automatically in porn, I think, are just have to be the tops well you're also sort of like if they're there then they probably know know. better they're not being there if they're if they're older yes then they probably know better and they're not being um exploited uh, in any way yeah if i i don't like if somebody looks if someone's totally if a man is totally shaven and like young looks young at all to me even just like short i don't i can't look at it like i want big burly men with each other. So I don't know. And you mentioned it. So you showed uh, they've got to be hairy too. They've got to be her suit. Yeah. Harry is good. They don't have to be hairy, but like big bulky muscular, like, you know, rawr, do, do they ever uh, like, do they, do they, if they, if they have two guys, excuse me, uh, are you ever like rooting <laughs> for one? Like if, like if there's two guys that you're really attracted to, um, are there ever a time when you're watching? Because the what's what's interesting is in in straight porn, uh, the women is the star, and you could almost always forget who the guy there is, right? Almost always. Yeah. Um, and that's why it was fascinating that that it might be the reverse in gay porn. That's what it was fascinating to me. Hmm. But- no, I'm I'm always hoping if there are more than two of them that they're going to do all of the things that are possible for them to do to each other. This is getting very graphic. That's fine. Okay. I'm always hoping that they're going to do all of this stuff. Like I the worst the worst porn scenario to me is like, oh, I'm just gonna get behind somebody and fuck his ass for like fifteen minutes. It's like nobody does that. Nobody does that. You gotta switch around. You gotta like, you know, lick a little ass. You gotta, you know, nipples, you know. You could be a director. Cock sucking and stuff. Yes, I know. I absolutely could. I should be. Well, but- you know, I knew someone who wrote, who wrote, I don't want to even give the name of the company. I knew someone who wrote erotica. We'll just put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Professionally, right? Like as a freelance writer, wrote erotica professionally. And, um, and uh, her speciality as a writer was sort of like orgy scenes. And she would describe how she would go about making these orgy scenes and how she'd actually have a chart of who's doing who to what and whatever. And then she said that the most successful, like professional writer of erotica of lesbian erotica was a conservative woman from the Midwest who was straight Uh, or at least identified as straight. And so I'm wondering if orgy erotica or of, of lesbian erotica. Oh, Oh, sorry. 
lesbian around. Ooh, right. Wow. See? So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you have a future as a, I mean, you would probably make a pretty good gay porn director. Oh my God. That's like a dream. That'd be a dream for me. Although it would, eh, then the fourth wall would, would fall down and I don't know if I could. You think it would I like ruin having gay the porn fantasy. I think I well, I mean, vintage gay porn is the best, right? Why? Why is that? Because okay, so now porn, gay porn, at least, I mean, I think even straight porn, it's sort of like people going through the motions. They're like, we're gonna do, and then we're gonna switch, and then we're gonna do this. And there's no, there's not a lot of kissing or passion or anything. But if you go back and look at gay porn of the 70s and early 80s, you know, they're, they're going into a, a farmhouse together. And it's like this surreptitious fantasy of that one of them has to suck the other one off before like the other cow hand comes around the corner and like finds them. And, you know, it's like this passionate, uh, secretive fantasy thing. Um, so Aspen, saying, a, a night. What is it? Um, there is one called an a day in Aspen, or there's like a, a ski lodge one that's very very famous that came out in the seventies. Uh, I think it's one night in Aspen. It's called, and all of the men are like totally kissing each other and being very passionate and you know licking and sucking and whatever. And it's it it comes off as being very um like they're they just have a night at the ski resort and they're gonna all gonna right. fucking make the most of it. And I, I don't see that in modern day porn a lot, which is why I'm very specific about the people that I follow. Uh there's a really good po- podcast that uh is all about the old um like the nineteen seventies and eighties porn industry that I think you'd enjoy. Uh, it's interviews. It, it's interviews with directors and stars of, at the time. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they have all these stories about getting into it. And of course, this is when they were all on film before video, and um, and how they were quite literally a production, right? You could, you know, you can make a porn now just with your, you know, phone now. But at the time, you, you actually had to have a, you know, a director and a soundtrack person. You, there were films, right? Yes. Um, yeah, and so you had to be. They were yeah. short films, yeah. Right. Yeah, there um, are ones filmed on Fire Island. I mean, yeah, these, they're very specialized, you, independent films. So you you mentioned how your your porn tastes have changed over time. Have you noticed the same for your like the kinks you enjoy and you're partaking? Like, has that changed over time? Like you're you're like, oh, I'm much more into uh, whatever. Like, have you noticed that change as well? Because you're. Uh, Hmm. I've noticed now that I want to do as little as possible. <laughs> if we're being honest, like I just, uh, I have a service slave and he makes my life easier. And that's like, that's my kink right now. <laughs> just make my right. life easier and right. like help me do stuff. And I'll cane you and that's cool. And I just like for things to be very casual and, you know, we'll go to go Aspen. To we'll go to Aspen. We'll go to a chalet where, you know, we have to step over writhing male bodies. Um, well, still, but that's, that's you know, I think that kind of with the times, it, it also, it's just everything, watch, watching the news now is emotionally draining, right? 
Um, yeah. And I've talked to, I know a lot of people who are, you know, it seems, it seems one of two things that I've, I've, I've seen examples of people who are like COVID has made them go uh, more extreme in their tastes or maybe say like, fuck, this is it. We could all go at any second. We'd, let's just, let's bam, let's enjoy this thing. Right. And then you have the other side of things of people going like, look, I have enough danger in my day to day life. I do not want to explore more danger. So their kink, you know, uh, uh, desires have decreased. Right. Um, and, and I, and I just find that kind of fascinating. I find, well, I think that's, and I think this was before COVID that I like behavioral things a lot better. Like I like bringing somebody out with a, you know, a shocker around their balls and, you know, just shocking them for the fun of it, even if they don't do anything wrong, <laughs> just like having that power, like yeah, more and more, I just sort of want things to be less effort on my part. <laughs> right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I uh, have a feeling no, your your not. tastes will. I think. I think. I think it's natural for people's tastes to change and shift. I don't know if my taste is shifting. I just. I don't know. Maybe because. Well, I won't say that, but. I think I'm I'm pretty lazy with kink in general. I, I don't think this is anything that's really changed too much. But the least I don't want to wear a fucking outfit. I don't give a shit about an outfit. I just you know I'll tie somebody down and cane the shit out of them, and that's just what I want to do. Right. Or shock the crap out of them, or you know slap their face around. Slapping faces is pretty awesome. But that's about it. I, I really don't want things to get erotic, like an erotic massage. I, I just I don't care about that anymore. I am I surprised. Like it, I don't care. I'm I'm quite I'm kind of frankly I'm kind of surprised. Given your porn interests, if you are not like like your big thing is like uh, looking for multiple burly uh, submissive guys to put on a show or something. I'm surprised you don't like have. <laughs> I know a lot of people think that I'm super into, um, what is it like forced, forced by kind of stuff because of that. And I'm like, no, that's too much effort on my part. I don't want to have to go through finding another dude to fuck you. Like you, you find that I'll watch maybe if I'm, if you're both hot, but no, I don't care about, I don't care enough about that to go make that happen for you. You know, you just like, want, you just want the buy part. You don't want the force part. It, yeah. And the force part is fucking phony anyway. So I've, I've, I've heard this is a common, anyway. common thing that it's, it's, it's something they want anyway, but they need, they feel like they need a, uh, an excuse, right? With a lot of people, and I've known a lot of people who are into it, it definitely does vacillate between somebody being tortured about thinking that they're a homosexual and and someone thinking that they just have a fetish for it. And then there are other men who will do it just because they are really very submissive men and they do it because their, their dom tells them to. 
which I think is like the truest expression of it. If if you are so devoted to your dom that and she wants it and you just do it, that's forced in a sense. Right, but I've never. And, and, and then again, and you you you've been on. I mean, you may know more examples of this than I, but um, almost I'll get a lot of. Um, I get a lot of people who asking me for different to cover different subjects on the podcast over the years. And I've had quite a few guys emailing me wanting to talk about forced buy. I've never had, I've got a lot of women who've emailed asking for certain subjects. And I don't think a single one of them has ever asked for force to me to discuss forced buy on this. <laughs> right. It seems to be very lops, a very lopsided degree of interest is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, it can be very hot. It depends, but it depends on the people who are participating, you know. It it can be. When if you're really forcing two people who identify as being straight and they're pretty attractive into, you know, making out or, you know, doing something to each other, that's that's pretty great. I have had that happen like once or twice and that was pretty great. But um, was one yeah, of them named Ramrod Steel? <laughs> it's Rocco. You're getting it wrong oh on God. purpose. Don't That's not my name. Your, it's like you're misgendering him. No, no. I, I think I think Ramrod Steel is a funny it. name. No, it's well. That's not his name. Okay. Um, it's not. I mean, it, there's it another is Ramrod. There's a guy named Ramrod. I think that I like. Actually. I could not remember Rocco for some reason. Um, Rocco, so, he's rock, rock hard. Steel. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I guess I follow you. Yeah, is are there? Um, have you I noticed? Mean, I like it. I just don't want to put in the effort of like going and finding another dude to have sex with. Like, it's such a touchy subject. Most of the, a lot of men say that they want it, but they won't follow through. I've had very, very few people actually follow through on it unless they were completely submissive to me. And I was like, hey, why don't you go do that? And they were like, okay, cool. I'll go do it. <laughs> that's exactly what they say, word for word. Yes. Boop, that is, that's a, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Doop, doop, doop. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, pew, pew, pew. Right. But no, I uh, mean, a lot of some guys are so submissive that they'll do it. And I feel like that's more of a, like a literal forced scenario than a guy being like, Oh my God, this is my fantasy. This is my fantasy. And this is what happens most of the time. They'll be like, Oh my God, they'll talk about it and talk about it. And then you'll be like, okay, well I have, you know, a scenario that could happen. You, it's got to do, this is the other person's schedule. We could set it up and they never, the people who have the fetish for it, very, very few times end up actually doing it. Very, very. Or I, if they do show up, they'll run away. I but think I, you know, my experience is my experience. Other people might have different experience with that. So, so I, I think and, and so, and I could be wrong about this, but uh, I, based on the conversations I've had, uh, I, I do not. Full disclosure: I do not have a lot of male submissive friends. What what it seems to me is it seems like. Uh, guys will get into a hyper focus about a thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for a brief period of time. And maybe it's just until they're done jacking off. I have no idea. But they are like hyper focused on a thing in a moment. And like this, these are the guys who are like, 
uh, I believe like if they were to, like they'll email me asking me, oh, you've got to ask so-and-so about her feet or something, right? And <laughs> yeah, and then like yeah. two days later, if I were to say, um, like they seem super interested in it, like, will you please, I, I will, you know, uh, I would love it if you just have her, have her talk about her feet. And then two days later, if I would said, hey, here's that interview with her talking about her feet, they'd be like, what's that? Oh, oh okay, whatever. You yeah, because they blew their load somewhere else doing something else. Right. So it seems Unless very... they're real fetishists. I think that forced buy can be a fetish for a lot of people or or like teeter on a on sort of like a borderline fetish, but they can't actually do the deed. Whereas I mean foot fetish is a, like a very legit, like very, very serious fetish right. if someone actually has the fetish itself. But yeah, I mean, guys will that's another funny thing about guys. Like they'll be so into something and so want to do something and but if they blow their load on something else and they're not interested. I mean, that's no surprise to anybody, I don't think. Um but you seem to be not like that. Like you are like, um, uh, I'm not you, a you guy. Are, well, yeah, but you'll be like, uh, you're, you are into the thing and like, whether that's shocking someone or whatever, and no matter how many of your loads blow, <laughs> you are yep. still into it. I'll still do it. Yep. Because <laughs> it's funny. Right, it's so right. funny to watch me. Have you ever watched somebody get their balls shocked like over and over again? <laughs> Shit's no, hilarious. I, I, I don't. So uh, maybe it's because I'm a very empathetic person. <laughs> oh, um, oh. Well, but also yeah. I'm not a sadist, right? So I guarantee you if another sadist was here talking to you, they'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know? It's funny. I mean, you're not seriously hurting somebody, but it's it's funny to watch like somebody double over in pain. I think <laughs> a specific uh, person who is asking for it. To are you over. are you surprised that kink seems to be more and more uh, prevalent in like not just the mainstream but just like you know everywhere? It seems like we're we're seeing kinks uh, publicly being discussed. We're seeing uh, acts that used to be considered really taboo becoming more mainstream. There was a popular trending hashtag about pegging on tiktok a couple of weeks ago you know um hmm. no uh, i'm not surprised i i i'm surprised you are i don't know i i i never would have imagined that you know if you would have said hey there's a you know 10 years from now there's gonna be a popular social network in which uh pegging is going to be one of the most common commonly discussed things on the network for a day i'd be like well I, I would say, well, I can imagine them doing that only as if it's like a joke, but not as being seriously something people enjoy. But no, it's because people were basically saying how much they enjoy it. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. It's funny how society has like gone forward in so many different ways, but still is so stunted in others. And, you know, pegging, it doesn't hurt anybody. There's no socioeconomic or racial thing attached to it. So why wouldn't it come out? It's pleasurable. Why wouldn't it be something that people want to talk about now? I mean, it's it used to be taboo, but I think a lot of taboos are getting, you know, thing, innocuous taboos are getting kind of thrown by the wayside. I think I think you're you're onto something there. And, I, and also you'll notice... I had this discussion with someone because uh, I was feeling very, uh, I, I, this was 
this is probably very telling, but I was feeling very pessimistic about the state of the world and its future uh, opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and someone tried to, ch- and this is why if you're a friend of mine and I'm feeling in a funk, you should just not try to cheer me up because it will not yeah, work. I'm the in same fact, way. In yeah. fact, I will do a, I will, I will ruin your optimism. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. someone, someone told me they were like, look, look, uh, things, things are, are not all, are all bad. Things, things can get better. Just remember how quickly gay marriage changed. Like we went from having no gay marriage to basically being the law of the land in what felt like a few short months. Right. No, that um, took 20 fucking year, tw- 30 well, years. Again, this is, this is from their, this is from their perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, their perspective, it was a because if you're an outsider, if you're not on the battlefront, it seems very quick, right? Right. Um, but also, I, I pointed out that capital had no objection to it, right? Yeah. If in anything, fact, capital had an interest in it because more marriages means more money. Well, yeah, and also more more people buying houses together, more mm-hmm. you know, um, more wedding cakes to be sold, economy. whatever. Yeah, it's good for the economy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think you're right about the reason why um, pegging is becoming more prevalent is because big lube is behind it. <laughs> so that was a big buildup for that for that joke. It was. Did you think of that? And then, wow, that, that took no, a lot of I, yeah. to get to that punchline. Big lube. Big lube. Go ahead and say it. Say it, say it, say it, say it like that. Uh, Say it like you're talking about big oil, but you're saying big lube. You know what I'm at? Big lube. No, because that's going to end up somewhere too. That's true. Um, you um, already say it, actually. That's true. Um, no, but that's that. That's the thing is that is that things will move big forward in, in the in the way in the way that capital will allow it to. Right? It won't. Uh, yes. This is why. Agreed. This is this is why things of that nature will will get better. Right of that nature, which are are great. These are great things. These are great advancements yes. that are made, and yes. and are things that people have fought and some died for those rights. Right, and so you know, yes. that should not be discounted. But there is a reason why um, people uh, want to make sure that it's okay for um, uh, people to address people by their pronouns, which is a good thing, but also uh, are perfectly fine with people not being able to afford their medication. Right. Right. Um, or, or, right. or have, or, or be able, or ever be able to afford a surgery that they might want to have. Right. Yeah. Um, one is totally, uh, aesthetic and does not cost anyone anything. And the other one actually would require capital to give something up and that will not be allowed. Right. Right. Boy, this has really gone down, downhill. Um, I think it's gone uphill. That's been the thing that united and people across racial lines too. poor Poor white people and poor black people. Poor white people hate poor black people because they're racist people, but they should actually, everybody should come together along like economic lines and recognize that that is how they're really being oppressed. I forget where I learned that, but um, uh, economic oppression is actually the true thing keeping people. Well, it, well, one exacerbates one exa- exa- the other. It's an imagined, it's a man-made imagined. Or, because I, th- I don't think, so music videos, th- so that was like an early erotic experience for you was oh. Huey Lewis in the News. 
Yeah, Adam Ant, Huey Lewis in the News, um, erotic things. Um, I imagine you'd be a big Prince they, person. They, they impressed me. Um, I liked Prince a lot, but and they were supposed to be erotic, but I never felt it was like so overtly sexual that I think that I it just didn't appeal to me somehow sexually because he was just like humping the ground and then he'd hump something, he'd hump his guitar. Like I just didn't. Right, right. It, I mean, I knew it was probably wrong to watch it, but things that were more sort of like surreptitious or like, you know, peeking in on somebody, which I didn't know. I maybe I have a voyeuristic streak in me that I wasn't aware of before. Maybe, maybe that's uh, why you like that. Uh, the that keyhole, may, yeah. Maybe that's maybe. why you like gay porn because um, you're watching something of which you are not a participant. Yes. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. As opposed to wow. a, as opposed to as opposed to if you if you're watching like if you are a, a male or a female identified person, you're watching straight porn. You could, in theory, identify with one of the two people, right? And I'm, but maybe you do identify. Like, do are you ever watching gay porn and you're like, yeah, that's no. my thing. No, yeah. it's always as like. That's my I'm hairy chest. Something totally. No, no, never. I'm always like, oh, I'm just watching something happening in front of right. me, but not for me. Right. It, specifically because it's not for me. Um, there's something to that that I like. I, I don't. I don't think there's an erotic aspect to it. I think it's more psychological. That you know, I'm. I'm just watching these two people do something that they really like, and I can just watch, and they don't know that I'm there. Or something right. Like right. That. It's the same reason why you enjoy a good David Attenborough documentary. Sure. Right. Birds. Rocco Steel. <laughs> right. I got the name right. Oh, you did. Um, so for, an e on the end. for me, the um, the amazing thing that uh, from music videos, I remember. I remember a few. Every now and again, I'll hear a song and I'll remember the music video, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, that was such a." Because you don't know at the time that it's awakening something in you, right? Like you don't know, yeah. right? Or you might go, you're like, this is, I'm getting funny feelings. Yeah, um, and I was like five when I started watching it. So it really impressed me a lot. And I would watch it all the time. Go so ahead. I, I remember the music video to The Bangles in your room. Yes, I remember that vividly. Uh, and Susanna Hoff saying like, I'll try on all your clothes. And I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, wow girls look good in boys clothes right because she's she's just wearing like a shirt that's all she's wearing right whatever but i also remember like the lyrics were really striking because she would say this thing and she would say it she would say these lyrics and she would say them looking at the camera as if you know what she means when she says these lyrics right i'll teach you everything that a boy should know mm -hmm. and if you watch the music video if you watch the music video that she is referring to something which I did not know what she was talking about. <laughs> but she seemed to be very happy with the fact that she was going to be teaching this, right? And I hated school at the time. <laughs> but yet, for some reason, I was very intrigued in these lessons that she was going to teach me that, uh, everything that a boy should know. Um, but that, That's very cool. Yeah. Um, I'd really have to think about other things that... Uh, you know, implanted erotic feelings in me. I, Adam Ant and that Huey Lewis video really stand out. I, I remember watching Owner of a Lonely Heart. Uh, yes. Yeah, that video, because it was just like, 
images of different like sort of iconic things of like somebody on fire and then like a falcon and things and somebody like falling off of the side of a bill like that's impressed to me emotionally but not erotically so i'd really have to think about so i have maybe paul Ab- like weirdly i don't know paul abdul i'm sure there's some although someone, i don't want to admit it i'm sure there's someone who saw uh opposites attract with paul abdul and that's how they got their furry feather <laughs> Yes. With the yeah, dancing exactly. cat. That's where I got it. Yeah. Um, there, I've come out. I know someone who um, was very turned on. She did not understand why at the time. Uh, the police, every breath you take, um, that there was something about Sting in that video. And especially uh, at some point in the video, because he, he's playing a standing bass in that video, right? And there's some moment in that video where he is like, he's what he's doing is he's like, tapping his leg to the to the beat of the song but it looks like he's fucking the bass and oh yeah and so uh, she was like i didn't know she was like i really wanted to be that bass i didn't don't why because he was like thrusting onto the bass and she was like really like that really stuck with her and to this day she'll like watch that and be like (laughs) you know wow that's really unusual that yeah because that's not overt really i mean he's kind of like looks like he's humping it right was there anything else that really really any other music videos that really jumped out at you at the that was like formidable well obviously uh the gypsy video by stevie nicks but that wasn't erotic that was just sort of like i want to dance on a cliff with unicorns too in a white dress like oh my god (laughs) That's my dream. Why am I not like twirling around with her right now? <laughs> right. That was that was me imagining myself. Like I want to be in that video right now. Right. I, you know, what I watched the other night, uh, un- kind of unrelated to music videos, Legends. That really indelibly impressed me when I was a kid. That movie with Tim Curry and Tom Cruise and Mia. Sarah. I don't think I ever. No, I never saw You've it. Never seen Legend. It's um a Ridley Scott movie. Okay. Right after he did Blade Runner, he did Legends. Oh. I'll watch that right after you watch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. <laughs> hey, I watched it. I just fell asleep during it. <laughs> Jeez, man, it's not a barn burner. I mean, you've got to have to really. All right. Um, I know. I, I know. I'll get to it. Whatever. Or not. But that I think that's something that's kind of missing now. I wonder about that a, a lot. That I wonder if this is this is the obligatory kids these days portion. But I do wonder, um, you know, um, there's no you can there's no reading into things right now right like if you are yeah. you can easily find it right and that's fine i guess i mean maybe it's a good thing i have no idea but we had to like we had to stretch right yeah we had to stretch to find the meaning behind the things that would whatever but even the meaning was there but it was sort of like deflected it was sort of like underneath the surface but you if you could read the social cues and like the connotations then yeah i mean the sexuality was there i mean and there are a lot of things that were overtly sexual about the 80s too i mean madonna prince all of that stuff but sure but there was also also it showed that there's i mean again i don't know we will see what day one day what this what like kids who are growing up today what they are you know who knows maybe uh, our our kinks will be so boring to them right maybe like what you just <laughs> yeah. right you just did spanking and you just beat someone with a whatever that's so boring i you know 
come back to me when you're driving a tank over someone's head. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah, everything is just out in the open now. It's. It might be. And here's uh, someone else. Someone else had know. a theory. Someone else had a theory of like, you know how, like they say, like, it's very like marketing does not work as well on kids today uh, as it did. Like on us, we were like, oh, I want a trapper keeper. Right. Yeah. Because that kid has a trapper keeper and he seemed cool. And so it was very easy to 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 get us on there. Whereas people growing up today are so inundated with everything that and everything is so come on everything is commodified that the kinky things will be those that are not commodified or not not marketed right that that's yeah. those are going to be the things that are like that's the real shit right so that people will be like pegging what that's just big lube behind that right <laughs> come back you're just a simp for big lube uh, whereas you know the real kink will be uh, whatever i don't know whatever it would be it would be something that is not there's no porn of it or maybe it's, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, I really don't know. I, I don't know what any of this is going to turn into with a new, hopefully there'll be some mask fetishes that come out of this. Just like there were like rubber fetishes that came out of world war two. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Um, uh, in New York, New York state did say, uh, you know, at the height of it, they said, if you're going to have sex with someone, do it like, they suggested glory holes. Do you remember this? Yes, I do remember that. Right. And they were like, go to your neighborhood glory hole. <laughs> and you're like, Aww, hi, Mr. Hooper. So right. That's so cute. Right. Go to your neighborhood. I support that. Support your neighborhood glory hole. Yeah. Oh, what is that club on like 29th and no or idea. 31st and 10th or no, 28th and 10th? It's not like a manhole. It's like whatever. But I'm sure they have glory holes there. I've been there a few times. Yeah. Did you support your neighborhood glory hole? Uh, No, I don't. Well, yes, I did the other day. I went to the Phoenix. That's my neighborhood glory hole. And what did you do? I sat outside and had a few cocktails with friends. Cat called (laughs) passersby. Hey, sweethearts. I'll teach you everything a boy should know. Right. <laughs> Nicely packed, bag boy. All right. Well, hey, it is good. It is fun to say. You will be saying it as soon as we hang up. I know you will, and then you'll you'll enjoy uh, it. I barely forget what it right. what the phrase was. I barely uh, remember what that. Well, this was fun. I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh. Okay. What? No, I know. All right. No, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying you want to get off the phone with me. I'm saying I'm I'm trying to be vaguely insulting to you by not returning the compliment. Oh, oh, okay. Well, consider that job well done. <laughs> um, well, I'll talk to you. I'm sure in a couple of days, and yeah. um, and uh, we have so much more we could talk about that uh, you know people just have to you know keep listening. I guess for it or when we when we do that again. So, thank you for doing this. All right. Yep. 